Welcome to the Idea Fit Pro Show with your host, Sandy Todd Webster. Welcome, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in to the Idea Fit Pro Show. I'm your host, Sandy Webster, and today I'm looking forward to speaking with Sherry McMillan, a longtime colleague and friend who has shared her strong spirit, creative energy, and expertise with our industry for over 30 years. Sherry was IDEA's first ever Personal Trainer of the Year, as well as the co-recipient of the 2006 IDEA Program Director of the Year Award. She holds a master's degree in exercise physiology and has been given at least a dozen or more industry awards for her service and leadership around the world. She's an international fitness presenter, a personal trainer, the fitness columnist for various magazines and newspapers, and the author of five books and manuals. For the past 22 years, Sherry has owned and operated Northwest Personal Training in Vancouver, Washington. This powerful and positive woman has a lot of wisdom and energy to share, so let's get right to it. Sherry McMillan, are you ready? I'm ready, girlfriend. Let's do this. Welcome. Yes. Welcome to the Idea Fit Pro Show. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So I've pretty much known you from my first day in the in, in the industry. And I've always thought of you as the sort of the perfect quintessential role model for idea members and also success story. Um, so many of our listeners have attended your classes and the lectures you've taught at our events. But for the benefit of those who don't know you, if you could please introduce yourself and give us an overview of your path in the industry. Well, thank you, Sandy. I've always loved hanging out with you at events because I think we're made from the same sort of thread. We like to work hard, but play hard as well. So we always have such a great time at the events. So for me, I started in the fitness industry, probably it started from when I was young, just being involved in sports. And uh, then I started teaching classes uh, when I was 19, fitness classes. One of my girlfriends was an instructor and, you know, she couldn't uh, make it for a class one day. So she's like, you know, the routine, <laughs> this was back in the day when it was a little <laughs> easier to teach, be competent. Uh, so I ended up teaching classes while I was uh, doing my undergrad in physiology and kinesiology at the University of Windsor in Canada. And uh, worked at a gym part-time during my undergrad and then decided I wanted to do my master's degree and moved out to UBC in Canada, in Vancouver, BC, and did my master's there all the while working in a gym, loving it. I did a few internships in a chiropractor's office and a physical therapist's office. I was trying to think maybe sports medicine, but I just loved working in gyms. And I remember one of my clients when I graduated with my master's degree they said, okay, so what are you going to do now? You're clearly not going to keep working in a gym with a master's degree. And I was like, actually, I think I am. <laughs> I just really loved it. I enjoyed it so much. And, uh, you know, so I continued on that path. And then probably the biggest uh, sort of game changer for me in the fitness industry was when I won the inaugural Idea Personal Trainer of the Year Award. Yeah. And that just changed my whole career because all of a sudden I was teaching at workshops all over the world. And I was presenting and I was writing and uh, just uh, being way more involved in the fitness industry at a, at a high level. And then I moved down to the States and started Northwest Personal Training. That was 22 years ago and uh, have never looked back. It's just been an incredible career, very rewarding and uh, just incredible people, fun people, and just a blast. I've just really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, awesome. So um, you mentioned your business, Northwest Personal Training. Could you please describe your business model and, um, you know, all the the details in there, how many members, um, how many team members, what do you attribute such a long run as a, a business owner and how have you stayed relevant in your community? Yeah, well, you know, we have been in business for 22 years and we are a boutique style fitness studio, fitness and training studio. So we focus on one on one and our sessions are typically 30 minutes long, um, customized, personalized training where we focus on, you know, giving every every client what they need based on their goals and interests. So whether it's cardio, strength, mobility, it tends to be a combination of all of those things. Uh, we have 12 trainers currently pre pandemic. We had 16 mm. lost six as a result of people going on to different industries or moving on to do different things. And we lost six gained back two. So we're on the you know trajectory of rebuilding our team back to pre pandemic levels. But typically we operate around 16 trainers. We do about 400 sessions a week uh, with clients. And uh, yeah, how have we stayed relevant? I think Probably for me, the, the most important thing we do in our business is give back to the community. Mm-hmm. And every time I focus on, even during the pandemic where it's like, oh my God, we're you know just hanging on and we're closed and how are we going to survive this? I just kept on saying, okay, what can you do to help the community? And whenever I focus on that, our business thrives. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we did a lot during the pandemic of comping doctors and nurses and grocery store workers and waste management Uh, people, teachers, anyone on the front line that was going through a very stressful time in their industry, even bankers having to go through all the PPP loans and all the urgency of that. We comp them fitness and training services um, Mm -hmm. while while we were closed. So all of our virtual sessions, we just said, hey, you can just work out for free and work, focus on your health and your fitness while you're undergoing this huge amounts of stress in in your position. And uh, that, that serves as well whenever we do that. We did weekly virtual workouts for our community that were free online on our Facebook page throughout, throughout the pandemic. We, I, you know, I continue to write my blog every week that provided people health and nutrition and exercise tips to help them focus on their health, develop their immune system, reduce their stress during the pandemic. So I think that's been extremely valuable for us as a business, just, you know, how can you help your community And, you know, I always feel like there's a correlation between our, you know, our business thrives, it's resilient, it's successful. And I think that relates to the fact that we are just constantly looking for ways of how can we give back to our community. We're involved in fundraisers. We are always like whenever a nonprofit says, hey, we've got this auction or we've got this event. Can you be involved? And we're like, yep, we'll figure it out. We can do something. Um, And and I personally have um, like been involved. We in our community, we do lots of fun fundraisers like dancing with the local stars and, and uh, just skits. And so I've, you know, played the part of Madonna or Tina Turner, or <laughs> we did a dance skit to Chicago, like just fun things like that. We end up raising hundreds of thousands of dollars for the local nonprofit. And, and it it's, you know, it gets our business name out there. It gets our brand out there and, and uh, it, it tends to just keep us in the forefront of people's minds. So when they think about fitness and training, they think about us. And, and that's been extremely helpful and valuable. 
Yeah, that is such a, a great message to, um, you know, to, to think about rather than operating fear based or out of scarcity. Instead, you flip it around and always say, how can I be of service? How can I serve my community? And just the, the goodwill aspect of that comes around and rewards you. Mm-hmm. by, by yeah, keeping absolutely. things on track. Yeah. yeah. So I know you have another thriving business called Why Racing. That was, I think, an offshoot of your personal passion to compete in running events and triathlons, which I know you still do a lot of. Yeah, how, absolutely. How, how did that opportunity come about? And how have your two business models complemented each other over the years? Excuse me. Yeah. Well, well, I've always, with our clients, I've always had them, instead of focusing on weight loss, like instead of saying, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds or I want to, I've always tried to get them to focus on sort of an action oriented goal and, you know, like let's compete and do this 5k or this trail run or this triathlon. And so with Northwest personal training, every quarter we would host an event, um, that was basically just for our clients. So we'd say, okay, we're going to do this triathlon together, or we're going to do this adventure race together. And every quarter we would uh, do this and we train for it and people would get in great shape and they cross the finish line. They'd feel amazing. They'd have their medal. And so it was just this different way of approaching health and fitness. And through that process, they would lose weight, but it was just a much more positive focus instead of just getting on the scale every day. Mm -hmm. So we started doing that. Well, then it started to become really popular and the event started to grow and grow and grow. And so then my attorney was like, you know what, you really need to separate this Mm -hmm. because, you know, one has a a different and higher level of liability than the other. And uh, so that's when we started Y racing events. And that was six years ago. And so it became two, you know, separate corporations. One was the event management and uh, we continued to grow, um, you know, up to 15,000 plus athletes per year that we service through our triathlons and marathons and fun runs and trail runs. Amazing. amazing. Yeah. Because it it also, it not only was a a whole completely different revenue stream, but uh, it gave our clients something to work for. And it was also incredible brand recognition because then I could promote Northwest personal training and our services and any of our workshops and specialty programs, I could promote that to these, you know, 18,000 athletes that participated in the event. So it was, it was incredible collaboration. It was, uh, you know, it was just cross promoting to each different corporation. And uh, actually it, it was just this year, December, 2020, that I actually sold Y racing events. Oh, and I did. sold it. Yeah. I sold it to my manager Um, And she's been involved in the events with me for the last 15 plus years. She's actually been one of my clients for 22 years and also one of my best friends. (laughs) So it was like, it was was amazing. So she took it over, which was great because it was a lot of work (laughs) and it was hard work trying to keep both businesses alive during the pandemic because both businesses, I was like, I could not have chosen two of the worst businesses going through the pandemic. Like I've got fitness and training closed down, mass participation events closed down. I'm like, oh my God. So anyways, I I was like, I got to tap out of this, but I didn't want to tap out completely because I love it. So I had started a nonprofit, which uh, went hand in hand with Y Racing Events. And it was a nonprofit that provided the opportunity for kids and at-risk groups, breast cancer survivors, veterans, anyone who could really benefit from training and getting healthy and fit and crossing the finish line, whether it's helping them physically, mentally, and uh, we provide them free registrations. And through that process, um, we also raise uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars for local nonprofits because we might give 
a breast cancer survivor, a free registration to our, our girlfriend's event. And then she'll go out and raise 500 bucks for the nonprofit uh, as a result of her participation in the event. So it turned out that not only were we comping typically around 2000 free registrations a year to at-risk groups, but we're also raising last year, even during the pandemic, we raised over $500,000 through that mm. process. So, I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. And so I can still be involved in the events, but not have to do so much of the production of the events, the permitting, the logistics, which was a lot of work. And I was like, I'm working way too hard. <laughs> so, sure. Yeah, well, it was it, good. It, it sounds like selling up, you know, keeping it in the family, so to speak. Yes, it's a win-win-win so. all around. You still get yeah. to keep a hand in it. Yeah. You're still doing good for the community. And, um, you know, you still get to cross-promote with yeah, with exactly. Northwest Personal Training. Yeah, um, which, you know, that's a perfect example of, of what something I've always admired about you, and that's your business acumen. It, it, it always seemed to me like not just a natural gift to me that you have, but a true passion of yours. And as we know, not all fit pros are great at business or love it the way you do. Um, so, Sherry, what guidance would you give listeners who think they want to be a solopreneur to cultivate and hone their business smarts? Yeah, that is so true, Sandy, because it is so indicative of our, of our industry where fitness professionals are very good at their talent, their skill, right? Their, their practical skills but really struggle with their business skills. So they don't know how to market. They don't know how to sell. They don't know how to self promote and they struggle. Uh, and, and they never get to the point where they can, you know, maybe earn a, a good living where they can live the lifestyle that they want because they're just, they don't understand they're a great practitioner, but they don't know how to really be a great, you know, business person. And the key is, is if you're, if you're, if you don't think you're running a business, you're probably not. And, and that's such an important message because a lot of people think that like, oh, you know, I just like to do my thing. And, you know, I don't really want to focus on sales and marketing. And it's like, they're probably not running a very good business then because you have to develop those skills if you want your business to thrive and, you know, make it through the last year and a half. I mean, you had to really hone your business skills over the last year and a half. I mean, I never hustled so much in all of my mm -hmm. life that I did over the last year and a half. And it had so much to do with, okay, you know, get down to the nitty gritty of what are the most critical business steps that you need to harness right now. And you're gonna have to do it differently, but you're still gonna have to do it. And, uh, you know, so in terms of fitness professionals, you need to get yourself educated on the business side of things. So the first book that I would suggest anyone read would be E-Myth by Michael Gerber, right? That talks about this whole concept of, you can be a great practitioner, but not necessarily a great business person. And yeah. you need to learn the skills of how to work on your business and not just in your business if you want to thrive as an entrepreneur. And, you know, I would suggest to people that they become, you know, just a, a a student of that industry because, you know, very little of our certifications or conferences or courses are ever dedicated to business, but yet it's so critical to assure that we survive in the fitness industry. Mm -hmm. So with that said, you know, I would, you know, find out what are the best sales books? What are the best marketing books? What are the best, you know, just communications, self-promotion books, podcasts, um, conferences, workshops, talk to some of your clients who are really successful in their industries and in their business and 
just take them up for coffee and pick their brain on, well, how, what do you do to market? And what do you do? How do you sell? And, and just become a student, a disciple of that component of our industry, because to be successful in our industry, I think of it like a three-tiered approach. You have to be good at what you do, the technical, practical skills, like yep. produce results for your clients. You have to have a great personality, which means you should be a student of communication. How do you inspire people? Behavioral change. Mm-hmm. How do you, you know, like communication, like you, you need to learn how to really connect with people. And then the third thing is business. Like you have to learn how to self-promote. You have to learn how to market. You have to learn how to sell or you're going to struggle in your career. So whatever you can do to put yourself in front of people or resources that can teach you that aspect of our business will serve you so well. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to tag on to, um, you know, this idea of fit pros being sort of business averse or avoiding it because it's not in their comfort zone necessarily. But it's always interesting to see the data come in after an idea conference and look at the different um, tracks that we have. And we always have a business track. And Mm -hmm. usually that's one of the least attended. (laughs) With our trainers, we try to tell them, don't think of it as sales because people, trainers hate, fitness professionals hate the word sales. I didn't get into the industry to sell. You know, think of it as increasing your ability to influence, mm-hmm. you know, um, increasing your ability to inspire someone to take action, you know, and that's really all that sales is. It's just like how, you know, increasing your ability to just get people to do what they know they should be doing. Instead of thinking about it forever, doing something, taking action. And that's really all that sales is. So you've got to develop rapport. You've got to connect. You've got to find the pain points. You've got to figure out, you know, what they need to do and how you can help them achieve what, you know, whatever goals that they have for themselves so they can reach their their best life. So it's really just developing the ability to influence people. Right. And so key to that is just being a great active listener and remembering things, right? Yeah, totally. We're taking a quick break from our interview to give you some meaningful information for your continuing education and to tell you about an exciting live networking opportunity. Your passionate purpose as a trainer, coach, manager, and owner is to deliver transformational fitness experiences for your clients. If the recent past has taught us anything, it's that we must maintain the focus to continue inspiring our clients, no matter what the world throws at us. You'll find that spark and more at Idea Personal Trainer Institute, which returns to Alexandria, Virginia, February 24th through 27th. Choose from 100 sessions on topics like the new rules of muscle growth, diversifying your offerings so your career can weather any storm, how your identity prevents you from seeing success and what to do about it, and much, much more. Plus, IDEA's first ever Personal Trainer of the Year, Sherry McMillan, kicks off the event with an empowering spotlight presentation on how to become more resilient in your personal and professional lives. It's time for our fitness community to rejoin and develop fresh strategies to support our clients and build unbreakable careers. To learn more about IDEA's first in-person event in two years, visit ideafit.com forward slash ptrainer or call an inspired service representative directly at 888-999-4332 extension 7. 
We hope to see you at Idea Personal Trainer Institute in February. Look for the contact information in the show notes. Now let's return to our fascinating conversation. So you mentioned, you know, this has been a year of hustle, hustle, hustle for you, or, you know, we're coming up on 20 months of this stuff. Um, and as we know, pandemic has wreaked incredible disruption across the entire fitness landscape. What have been some of the particularly challenging pain points for your business? And what has been your approach to leading your team and pro- problem solving throughout mm-hmm. all of this? Yeah, I think probably one of the most challenging parts for me is being so passionate about our industry, you know, loving what we do and seeing the difference we make in people's lives and then seeing our industry be disparaged, you know, like that's been such a huge pet peeve of mine to, to constantly hear our industry be coupled with bars, you know, bars and gyms, bars and gyms shut down. They're dangerous. They're, you know, they spread the virus and it's like, what, How, when did we ever get coupled with bars? And so, so it's been, frustrating because, you know, we know that we're part of the solution. We know that poor health besides age is the number one risk factor for all disease, illness, including COVID. And we're part of the solution. And, you know, uh, it's been such a struggle because you're, you, in your mind, in your heart, you know, in your brain, you know, you know, people need us because we're going to help strengthen their immune system. We're going to help keep them physically strong and mentally healthy and, but we're shut down, you know, mm-hmm. and for some reason, the government doesn't think we're essential and they don't think that we're part of the health spectrum, but we're the preventative side of the health spectrum. And it's so much easier to prevent disease than cure it. So, you know, why are we just shut down? Like that was the frustrating part to try to stay positive and, you know, focus on what we can do uh, when, you know, you just don't have any control over the situation and you know there's a better way, but no one's listening, you know, when it comes to our health departments or our government officials. And uh, so that was probably on a personal level, the most fr- struggling thing for me, the most, the biggest struggle for me was just trying to not get so um, infuriated mm-hmm. and to the point where you're just, uh, you know, just don't want to do anything because not, you know, no one's listening. So, you know, we, definitely constantly had to remind ourselves, focus on what we can do, focus on what we can do. You know, some of this is out of our control. We got to follow the rules, do what's required based on, you know, what I or our health department or our governor is, is requiring of us do what we have to do, you know, um, try to stay as positive as we can. And remember that our mission is to to help people adopt a healthy and fit lifestyle so they look and feel their best and live life to the fullest. We can still do that. We can still do that. You know, we we just had to constantly remind ourselves, even though our our doors are closed or we're restricted to 25% capacity, you know, we can still help people adopt a healthy and fit lifestyle. We're just going to have to do it differently. We're going to have to do it outside. We're going to have to do it virtually. We're going to have to restructure. I mean, we restructured our entire business model. We just continued to say, okay, how can we normally do this at this time of year? How can we still do that? But we just have to do it virtually. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we just had to constantly um, ask ourselves, is this important? Will this help our clients? And if so, okay, how can we still do it? And, uh, you know, that, that was, you know, something that we had to constantly remind ourselves, lots of communication, 
uh, amongst our team. So we, throughout the whole pandemic, we met weekly as a team mm-hmm. to just check in, how's everyone doing and talk about what we need to focus on. Mandates were constantly evolving, changing. So we had to make sure we we're on the same page. We kept on saying, okay, we don't want to end up in the news in a bad way. We don't want to outbreak. <laughs> you know, we, we don't want to be like, Oh, Northwest personal training causes, you know, 72 cases, you know, we, we didn't want right. to be in the news in the bad way. So we met weekly. We just made sure that we were very strict and diligent with our safety protocols, constantly emailing and getting on social media, uh, for live face videos and um, just communication correspondence with our clients. So they knew mm-hmm. what we were doing, how we were doing it. Uh, we were just always front of mind. We just always wanted to be there, present, relevant. Some facilities in our business just shut down. You know, they just decided, oh, two weeks. Yeah, just shut down. And then they just never got the momentum back. You know, they just, whereas we, never shut down. You know, the very next day when we were closed down, you know, we were told March 16th, you got to shut down the very next morning at 5 30 AM. We had a full on virtual platform. We'd never done virtual classes, never done virtual, like anything. And we just said, you know, figure it out as we go. And I think a lot of times people get stuck with the paralysis by analysis. They don't know what to do. It's not going to be perfect. So they don't do anything. And then that's worse. You know, it's far better to just jump in, do something, figure it out as you go. And that's what we did. And it it has served us very well uh, throughout the pandemic because we've always, you know, maintained that relationship with our clients and they saw us hustling. They saw us like working our butts off to survive and they supported us, you know, um, through that process. And that's what kept us alive. So you were building that airplane as you were flying it. Oh yeah. No question. (laughs) We were like, uh, how does this work? We, we had no idea what we were doing and it was, uh, you know, but people, we had so many emails and letters from clients that just said we were the highlight of, you know, this whole pandemic for them because we kept some sense of normalcy. We made it fun. We, we're still there. We kept the relationships going and got them through some tough times when maybe they were home and they hadn't left their home for weeks, months, and they were scared and, and, uh, you know, focused, you know, they wanted to stay healthy through all of this mm-hmm. and we were there for them. And mm-hmm. we, you know, gave them that sense of community when everyone was feeling so isolated and so alone and scared and depressed and sad and, you know, just when the heck are we going to get out of this? We were there for them and and that has served as well. Yeah, great job on that. And so as far as being back at full strength with uh, with your revenue, with your membership, do you feel like you're close or where are you in that spectrum? We're currently at about 80% of okay. where we were pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. So not exactly at 2019 um, numbers. And, and some of that has to do with some of the losses we've had with trainers Um, Mm -hmm. which was all, you know, we, we were really strong and united as a team up until just about a month and a half ago, where we had uh, a mandate that was required in the state of Washington, where we had to require proof of vaccination from our team. Mm -hmm. And then if they didn't provide proof of vaccination, uh, they had to still wear a mask, but everyone else didn't have to wear a mask. So all of a sudden it became this uh, sort of division amongst our team, which we've never experienced before yeah. um, amongst people who believed in vaccination, those who didn't, and people who uh, believed in mass and others who didn't, and some who are way more on the, like, you know, let your immune system do, do its job. And, and so they were sort of anti 
uh, vaccination. And uh, we, we ended up having, uh, at that time, five people quit uh, on either opposing side. Mm-hmm. And then uh, two rescinded their, um, their I guess, uh, reservations their resignation yeah. when, you know, the other people resigned because they're like, they felt unsafe because, you know, some people didn't believe in vaccination and didn't believe in masks. And so it became this just nightmare. And I was like, oh my God, we're just all of a sudden just blowing up. And, you know, we've gotten so far through the pandemic, all feeling united. And again, this mandate that was completely out of our control mm-hmm. that at the end of the day, my attorneys were just like, you just have to follow the rules. You know, whether, what, whether you believe on one side or the other, just follow the rules and you'll be protected. And that's what, you know, we chose to do, which unfortunately we lost three really great trainers who I love as humans. And uh, it was very sad to have them leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, now we're just building back up, you know, we, we brought in a couple new trainers who just fresh new to the industry, great, uh, energy, fresh out of eyes, zeal, which is kind of what we need right now, because sure. for those of us who are in the industry for, you know, 20 years, 30 years, you're just kind of feeling, you know, beat up, broken down. Cause you're like working your butt off for the last year and a half. And you're like, Oh, and it's hard. Like it's hard for trainers right now because you, you want to keep your clients safe. And so you've got to wear a mask and you're talking all day to your clients and you've got to clean the equipment in between. It's just a lot of expectations on fitness professionals right now. Yep. So we're feeling just a sense of uh, burnout amongst our team. And so we've got a couple new trainers on the team that are just got all this energy and they're so excited to be part of the industry. It's like, Oh God, thank God we need this right now. We need to remind ourselves what it's like, you know, when you just focus on helping people and being so excited to make a difference. And uh, we just need, you know, that kind of fresh, fresh blood into the industry right now. And and that's been really helpful to get us back on track. Yeah, well, I I hope you guys are back to full strength soon. It sounds like you're making all the right moves to do that. I'm going to do one more pandemic related question just because I want to dig into this. And then we'll we'll move on to other stuff because I have so much stuff I want to talk to you about. But, um, you know, digging into this whole idea that you mentioned of fitness being considered non-essential that essentially shut us down by lawmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, where do you think we're missing the mark in the industry and how do you think we can do better as business owners, as leaders, as idea, the associate association and other, um, fitness leadership organizations, how can we establish ourselves as more of a part of the healthcare continuum? So we are deemed as essential. And so that this does not happen again. Absolutely. I think that's probably the, the most important lesson we've learned, uh, within the fitness industry over the last year and a half is we need a better seat at the table. We need better lobbyists. We need um, a voice. And we did not have that. There's so many other industries that have bigger dollars behind them mm-hmm. that uh, were able to get the ear of the decision makers and uh, sway those decisions uh, to benefit that particular industry. And, uh, you know, that's, I think, the, the infuriating part for many of us in the fitness industry when we see, you know, uh, fast food and alcohol and cigarettes and marijuana, that's all essential, but you know, a health and fitness facility is not essential during a health crisis. Like it made, it made no sense. Right. So it really made us, um, as an industry step back and say, okay, how can we get put on the health spectrum? Cause we're clearly not, we're, we're coupled together with bars right now. So how, how do we get on the health spectrum where we're on the, the preventative side and so we're going, you know, we need to, to have those conversations now, you know, uh, and moving forward, uh, have that dialogue 
so that, you know, uh, and I know Ursa has made some changes with, you know, bringing on, you know, the, the executive director who has a background of lobbying, mm-hmm. you know, how to, you know, how to have those conversations, who are the decision makers, how to have a, you know, that dialogue so that we, this doesn't happen to us again. I know for, for, from our perspective as a studio, uh, we joined the medical fitness Alliance, for example, you know, it's like a $800 a year membership when, you know, we were shut down and it's like, Oh, do I really want to spend 800, 900 bucks for this membership? But I was like, you know what, we need to align ourselves and position ourselves. So for me, it was worth it to get that sticker and place it on my front door, like a medical fitness association. You know, we are part of the medical health community. And uh, I started a medical health advisory board, you know, that again, little steps that we could position ourselves and differentiate ourselves and put us on the, the health spectrum and align with, you know, on our board, we have chiropractors, physical therapists. I have a woman's health physician. I have a, a doctor, uh, you know, who specializes in um, uh, treatments for breast cancer survivors. And we have a naturopath nutritionists, like just different people who are experts in their field in our community. And, uh, you know, they're on our health advisory board. I don't ask a lot of them. I ask them to meet with us a couple times a year to, um, they have the opportunity to present to our clients, uh, position themselves, develop their, you know, awareness and brand recognition for their business. Um, but at the end of the day, it was just something that I could do as a business to position us to say, Hey, we have a medical health advisory board you know, with practitioners in our community to help, to help us help you, to help you, uh, you know, achieve optimal health, rehabilitate from injury or illness, you know, or, or whatever a client is going through so that we can help them be their best little things like that. I think, you know, at one point we may have to get licensed as an industry, you know, those are the kinds of conversations we need to have to say, okay, why were physical therapists allowed to be essential when, Ultimately, they're doing the exact same thing we're doing. Mm-hmm. They're just taking it from a, a rehab and we're like a post rehab, but it's the exact same service. So it's not like, you know, COVID, you know, would only be spread in our environment versus a physical therapist environment because it's the exact same interaction with clients. So why was, you know, a physical therapist deemed essential, but a, a physical fitness trainer was not? Exactly. And it had nothing to do with how we did the service or whether we would spread COVID more or not. It was just how we were perceived. Mm-hmm. And so we, we definitely need to change that in our industry. There's no question. Yeah. So smart of you to align yourself with medical pros, allied health pros in your community. I mean, sure. I personally think that's the way the industry is headed anyway, that the more the more we're aligned with others in our community who can who are part of that healthcare continuum and become a trusted referral source to those folks. Um, and, you know, that works both ways. So you're referring folks to them who, you know, you're if it may be out of your scope to treat somebody with a really serious in, in, um, injury, or they may have, um, you, you know what I'm saying? So I just, I think that's a super smart move and um, uh, a great answer to making the fitness industry more relevant in, in the eyes of lawmakers and having a voice and, and having a little bit more control over our fate. 
Um, so I'm going to turn it to more to career talk now. Um, and there, there are still a lot of unknowns swirling in, in the fitness world today. But Sherry, what do you think are some meaningful ways that our industry pros can take charge of their careers and move forward? Mm-hmm. Well, I think on that same note, just align, aligning with other medical health professionals can, can differentiate you in your community, but it also can really help you learn. One of the best ways I ever learned as a physical fitness trainer was uh, when I worked at a fitness uh, club in Canada, it's called fitness group. And we had in-house physical therapists, which was so amazing because if I had a client with an issue, I could immediately refer them to that physical therapist and they were always available. So I, I could say, Hey, you know, what are you doing with that client and why? And I have a client who has this, what should I do? And, and it was just such an incredible source of information. And I learned so much because whatever they did to rehabilitate an injury, mm-hmm. if we did the exact same thing with our healthy clients, you know, we quickly learned that we could, we could help prevent that very same injury. And so it was amazing to take a lot of the exercises or stretches or modalities that physical therapists used and use them with our clients as well and, and help them, you know, not get injured. Um, so I think that's very important. And of course, you know, taking charge of your career back to what we were talking about earlier is just education, you know? So, uh, sometimes when it doesn't feel like you really want to invest the money in education, uh, because maybe you're closed down or, you know, right. your funds are tight. It's actually when you should be spending the money because not only will it, you know, provide you some school, some skills and resources and tools to elevate your business and set you apart from other people, but it also re-sparks your passion and your excitement. Like I always find in the industry, if I ever feel burnt out, you know, if I like, for example, I was just at a conference, my first live conference in a couple of years, mm-hmm. I got, I was so excited. And I left that I was taking notes and I was just like, ah, you know, when you're feeling burnt out, when you uh, educate yourself, whether it's listening to a podcast, uh, whether it's going to a workshop conference, reading a book, just listening to stuff like you, you, it just re-energizes you Mm -hmm. and it reignites your passion and your interest. And that really helps, especially over the last year and a half when we're all kind of feeling a little beat down. So yeah. if you're feeling like that right now, thank goodness you're listening to this podcast, but you know, <laughs> just pull in uh, more information and, you know, look for sources of how you can just, um, you know, bring more knowledge into your brain and that's going to help. Uh, with your heart, you know, and your mindset and your energy. Yeah, definitely infuse yourself with as much different influence outside of your regular sphere as you can, because that often is what what sparks creativity and thought and inspiration for sure. So Sherry, this industry is is quite different from when you started and from when I started even 20 years ago. Um, real, real simple question here, and I'm sure the answer is complicated, but do you think this is still a viable career path? Oh, yes, absolutely a viable career path. Uh, and, and the thing is, is now more than ever, there's so many options. Like if you're venturing into the health and fitness industry, uh, you know, back in the day, it was like, okay, you could teach in a gym, teach classes, train. I mean, think about where things are now compared to when I got into the industry 30 
whatever, three, 32, <laughs> three odd years ago, um, you know, even when we started our business, there was no orange theory. There was no CrossFit. There was no bar fitness. There was no boot camp facilities on every corner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is just so many more opportunities. There was no virtual, right? Online platforms. There's so many opportunities for fitness professionals right now. And think about all the different markets, all the different markets, like, uh, uh, think about, um, uh, whether it's kids, women, uh, menopausal women, business professionals, athletes, there's so many different markets you could focus on as well. So there's so much opportunity. Our world needs us now more than ever. Yeah. And, uh, it's absolutely a viable career. And so I think for a, a, a new fitness professional into our industry, I think you can think, um, you know, what are my strengths? What am I good at? What are my passions? Like, what am I really passionate about? And then if you can carve your career around those, you know, two things with a uh, focus on a service that people will pay for, right? That's the three legs, right? You've got to do something you're good at, something you're passionate about. And then third, something that people will pay you for. Right. And if you focus on those three things, then you're going to have an incredible career. Mm-hmm. I love it. Great, great advice. Thank you. Um, so you are going to be Ideas Spotlight Speaker in February at our Personal Trainer Institute event in Alexandria. I can't wait to see you in person and hug you. I know. I'm so excited. Um, so if you could whet our appetites a little bit for what to expect, um, do you mind giving us a peek at what the core of your message will be? Yeah. Well, I think probably one of the reasons you've chosen me to be your keynote speaker is because I have been in the industry for a long time and I'm still going, I'm still strong. And, uh, you know, I'm just getting started is the way I like to look at it. I'm only halfway there. So I think, you know, over the last 33 years, what have I endured or what has the industry endured? And I think back, okay, we went through 9-11. That was a tough time for our, our country, for our world. You know, we just, uh, you know, the 2008, 2009 recession, think about going through a global pandemic on a personal level, you know, over the last 33 years, I went through a divorce, had to buy out my partner, you know, I've lost great trainers, managers, clients, you know, how do you survive, right? Any kind of loss or obstacle. And so the focus is going to be, you know, how you can develop resiliency, mm-hmm. longevity, and thrive during good times and bad times. And so I'm going to share things that I've experienced, issues I've experienced, uh, lessons I've learned uh, over the last, you know, 30 plus years that hopefully will um, enable someone to uh, glean from those lessons so they don't necessarily have to make the same mistakes mm-hmm. and uh, it can fast track them through success. And so I'm going to share on a personal level, professional level, uh, what I believe are the top 10 tips uh-huh. for someone to really survive uh, in the fitness industry and to create a career path that is both rewarding from a from an intrinsic, but also extrinsic, you know, be able to earn the kind of income that you want to be able to practice what you preach, mm-hmm. right. As a, as a fitness professional, cause it's really hard to contribute when you're broke, you know, bankrupt and burnt out. Right. So my lessons are going to be like how, how we can really 
live our best lives as fitness professionals and succeed in our careers so that we can continue to make a difference in our communities for the long term. Well, I can't wait. Look for me in the front row. I will be right up there. Um, and for for listeners, um, I'm going to put in the, the show notes, there will be a link to PTI registration, which is open right now. So um, you can come and see Sherry in person and meet her. I can't um, wait. I'm so excited to see people and just, God, it's just to see their faces and their smiles and hug and just you know, remember why we're here and uh, to remember that, yes, it's been a really tough year and a half, but we're tougher. And one thing the fitness industry has is endurance and strength. So we're going to get through this. I mean, and for me, the in-person stuff is um, what I've missed so much is just that, that magic energy that fit pros bring. Like there's just nothing. I just got goosebumps saying that. I know. So So true. So true. Um, so, Cher, before we sign off, can you please tell people how they can connect with you, either through social, your website, other means, and then please leave us with a parting thought for your industry colleagues. Okay, so they can email me, Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-I, at nwpersonaltraining.com. Uh, they can go to our website, nwpersonaltraining.com. We also have a website that is specific to fitness professionals. It's NW, stands for Northwest, nwfitnesseducation.com. Uh, and there's, uh, I have a free blog on there and people can go back like hundreds of blogs <laughs> that I write every week for fitness professionals on all kinds of different topics. So if you go on, you can subscribe and then you can review, you know, past articles and and, uh, blogs I've written, and then also just be uh, alerted to the new one uh, on any given week. So I think that's a great way to just keep us, you know, relevant and also current of what Mm -hmm. we're going through right now and some of the things that we're doing in our studio to, uh, to survive. And so at the end of the day, I think the most important message for us as a fitness industry is know who we are and know what we do and know that we make a, an incredible difference in our communities and our communities need us. So stay strong. We are going to get through this together. Amen, sister. I am totally fired up after getting a, such a great dose of your energy. Thank you so, so much for sharing your ideas and stopping in and talking with us today. Well, thank you for doing this and then just keeping all of us together. Uh, united through these podcasts that you've done throughout this pandemic because it's been a great wealth of knowledge for some from some incredible people in our industry so thank you sandy oh thank you so much i love you girl love you too see you soon all right take care bye hen bye i hope you enjoyed this episode as much as i loved interviewing sherry mcmillan if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast you can find the idea fit pro show at apple podcasts and on all major podcasting platforms We'd be honored if you took a minute to give us a rating, and we'd be so grateful if you would share the show link and news about the podcast on your social feeds. Meantime, we'll keep working hard to bring you more great material like this. To learn more about Sherry or to connect with her, please check today's show notes to find the links. This is Sandy Webster signing off. Until next time, stay positive and keep inspiring the world with your special magic. Don't ever forget that you make a huge difference in the lives of others and that idea is here to support you in this critical purpose. Thanks for all you do to make the world a healthier, happier place. The Idea Fit Pro Show is part of the Outside Inc. podcasting network. 
Many thanks to our executive producer, Jordan Leeds, and our engineer and editor, Mike Hilding. Copyright 2021, all rights reserved. Reproduction without permission is strictly prohibited. Yeah.